Hey, websites are a thing. This episode of It's Super Effective is brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace is the all-in-one platform that makes it easy and fast to create your own professional websites, portfolios, or online stores. For a free trial and 10% off, visit squarespace.com and enter the promo code POKEMON at checkout. Squarespace is simple and easy to use. Pokemon Podcast has been using Squarespace for over four years. Since we're too busy playing Pokemon, it's great that Squarespace offers 24-7 support through live chat and email. Plans start at only $8 a month and includes a free domain name if you sign up for a full year. Squarespace features responsive design, so that means when you design your home page on your Mac or PC, it is already mobile ready for your iOS or your Android device. You can start Squarespace with a free trial and no credit card required. Remember, when you decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure you use the offer code POKEMON to get 10% off your first purchase and to show your support for It's Super Effective. We thank Squarespace for their support of It's Super Effective. Squarespace, a better web starts with your website. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the 150th episode of the Pokemon Podcast. My name is SBJ, and uh, we made it to 150, guys. We're, we're a Mewtwo now in the Pokemon world. <laughs> With me today, I have uh, our ever-loving Will. And uh, because I wasn't on last week, I wrote down all of the questions that you guys answered, and I am now prepared to give you all of my answers for those <laughs> questions. So, ready for an enjoyable two hours of programming from Will. Uh, uh, a lot of our listeners liked uh, like the Q&A segment. Yeah. I think I thought it was alright, especially since we've had a slow news week, which is weird since uh, Pokemon Nationals is taking place right now. Our other special guests, for uh, for it being episode 150, we wanted to get the coolest Pokemon person in the world here. So we got the webmaster of Cerebi with us today. For those of you that don't know his first name, it's Joe. And uh, hi, Joe. Hey, I'm glad to be here for the milestone. <laughs> Pretty exciting. Uh, you've never uh, obviously been on the show, and our listeners might not know your first name or who you are, but they know... I think everyone knows Cerebi.net. Uh, a little yeah. bit about yourself? <laughs> um, oh, well, I'm, I run Cerebi.net, obviously. Uh, I live in England, and I've been doing this for almost 15 years now. So, are you, crazy. Are you, are you a hardcore Pokemon fanboy behind the scenes, or is this just oh. kind of like your day job now? <laughs> oh, hardcore Pokemon fanboy, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> That's exciting. Well, uh... Our sh- our show's gonna pan out the usual uh, the usual way, so we're gonna start with some news. Uh, not that much news this week, but then our middle segment is going to be uh, uh, just firing questions off to Joe to get a little bit more about him and what what goes on behind uh, behind Cerebi.net. We get get the exclusive scoop of how it works, and 
Uh, then we'll wrap up with Pokemon of the Week, and uh, I think we have one or two listener mails to cover as well. So nothing fantastic here, but hopefully you guys will enjoy the show. We got super good response for 149 our last episode, so you guys apparently thought that was funny. I don't know why. Me either. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so our first bit of news is... Some old news, actually. Just a reminder, because it's kind of pretty big news, that Pokemon has a dedicated iTunes channel for uh, its cartoons, music, and apps in iTunes. Dedicated iTunes channel in iTunes. Awesome. I'm just stuttering away here. Uh, So if you guys didn't listen to last week's episode or you're not an iTunes goer, this is pretty exciting news. So usually big name things like Game of Thrones or The Wire or 24, they all have dedicated iTunes page pages because usually they're pretty popular. Uh, iTunes and Pokemon partner together, so Pokemon also has a dedicated iTunes page. So that includes uh, their apps like the Pokedex app, the Pokemon TV app, new X and Y TV shows that just hit iTunes as long as Pokemon uh, organs and uh, all the soundtracks as well. And I don't know. I asked Travis and Logan last time. They said they both don't really purchase things in iTunes. What about you two? Uh, not really. I mean, get the apps. I've got all of the soundtracks because obviously, <laughs> but, <laughs> right? Uh, episodes, not really a uh, purchaser of them. Are you a watcher <laughs> of the anime? Oh yeah, absolutely. I know Will's a watcher of the anime. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> So wait, did you purchase them, Will, or no? No, I'm not really an own the media that I can capture on my TiVo kind of guy. But mm. if the whole season of the X and Y series, if I like it a lot, I might buy the series. Just because I, I like this season a lot more than previous seasons. Yeah. I know uh, yeah. Black and White is on Netflix, and it started off good, but it's kind of gone downhill. But maybe it'll pick back up. No. No, <laughs> it doesn't. No. <laughs> I heard when N comes, it gets really bad. Yeah. yeah and when he leaves, it gets worse. <laughs> awesome. Uh, let's see here. Uh, we have some TCG stuff. Furious Fist is coming on August 13th. Uh, that's the new TCG expansion, which is, I, I think that's a couple days. Bef- I think it's a day or two before Worlds. Worlds is right, that yeah. weekend, yeah. Yeah. Um, of course, this set is not playable in Worlds. I think the TCG has a new rule where if a set comes out, it can't be played for like 60 days in a turn. Uh, it's uh, three weeks from the U.S. release. Okay. But if uh, if you love Mega Lucario, he's getting a lot of love in this set, uh, which doesn't surprise me. Mega Lucario and Charizard or, or Lucario and Charizard get a lot of love regardless, but... Uh, we have Mega Lucario EX, Mega Heracross EX, Halucha EX, which is pretty cool, Seismitoad yeah. EX, Dragonite EX, some new fossil Pokemon that no one will ever use because it's fossils. <laughs> uh, Karina is coming as a gym leader card, and that's about it. I think there's like 115 cards in the set. Yeah. The number somewhere, but... Um, and it's uh, it's very fighting focused. Yeah. Yep. Where the last set was very fire focused. It's, it's disappointing that they don't mix mix things up, or at least do half and half. Like give us half fighting, half grass, or something. There's always like one or two, uh, 110 cards. I just read this. Uh, there's like 
always this one type that's usually dominant in the in the format, and for the longest time it's been dark. Uh, but when we talk about national stuff, we'll talk about what the the decks that are kind of winning right now. Uh, more TCG news. Uh, this fall we will get a Venusaur, Charizard, and Blastoise all EX tins coming out with four booster packs in said tins. So we are not. Sh it doesn't state which which booster packs are coming in yet. But uh, if you're looking for Charizard EX or Venusaur EX or Blastoise EX. Easy fourteen ninety nine in the U.S. to pick those up this fall. Like always, I think last fall was Mewtwo, Yevatel, and what was the last one? Darkrai. 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 Uh, what else do we have? Uh, like I said, slow news week, guys. Uh, <laughs> Polygon has been running a lot of Pokemon articles recently. I don't know if any of you guys or the listeners go to Polygon polygon.com but it, it's a sister site of theverge.com a pretty cool gaming site i think someone i check most frequently but they've been running a lot of pokemon articles recently this one i thought was interesting they did a article about what happens at the pokemon company recently and they also did an article about in the pokemon universe what do humans eat and it kind of explains that humans of course eat pokemon uh, we get that with in the games where we see the slowpoke tails getting eaten, and uh, I think Farfetch's Pokedex also says that it almost went extinct because it got eaten. I'm not sure if there's any other Pokemon that get eaten though. Well, we tried uh, with Magikarp in the anime, didn't we? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. <laughs> Magikarp. I can't imagine that's a delicious meal. <laughs> well, you don't know. It's you know fish, freshwater fish. Isn't isn't like uh, Magic Carp's scales like super hard though? Isn't that what the are they? Is? <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like in uh, the episode where they're on the boat, the SSN, like Meow tries to bite into the Magic Carp and then breaks his teeth. Obviously, anime isn't kosher, but <laughs> I remember them like saying like Magic Carp's scales are like super hard. Uh, I know if I was going to eat a Pokemon, there's only one Pokemon I'd want to eat. And that's Arceus. <laughs> the king of all Pokemon in my belly. <laughs> it's a good choice. What would you imagine that tastes like? Like a deer? I would imagine it would taste like cosmic awareness. <laughs> <laughs> something on the verge of uh, LSD or something. I don't know. <laughs> oh. Yes. Uh, the most exciting news, and I think we talked about this last week, was the grand opening of the PokemonCenter.com uh, on August 6th. Uh, probably not as exciting for Joe as it is for us. Yeah, it's so disappointing. <laughs> uh, I'm, sh uh, I'm sure they'll ship to uh, the UK. It'll probably be extremely expensive. Uh, they don't. It says on the site now. Oh, really? It's so sad. Uh, uh, I just spent so much money. <laughs> there's uh they're doing a soft launch right now for uh for anyone if you go to pokemoncenter.com and uh they have three items apparently there's gonna be three items every week this week is uh stuffed pikachu that's supposed to be like running i guess yeah uh, it looks like that 12.99 i believe there is a mewtwo tumbler which is pretty cool i think that's 18 bucks and then there is a set of EV evolution pins, which is super overpriced, I think, for twenty four dollars. I got, uh, I ordered the Pikachu and the Tumbler. 
uh, the day the site went, and they shipped the next day. So that was pretty cool that it shipped the next day. It looks like at least behind the scenes they got things up and running to you know start shipping first thing the next morning. Um, I think I'm going to get it on Monday or Tuesday, so I'll give you guys a, a Twitter update once I get them, see how it's packaged, see where it's coming from, that kind of stuff. I'm assuming it's coming from Seattle, if I was to guess. But this was announced through... Through means of social media, so we talked about this last week, but Pokemon reached out to some individuals on Twitter, I believe, if I remember off the top of yeah. my head. Justin Flynn, Marilyn, Jay Witz, all names you guys have probably heard of. Um, uh, Ash Lisa Fangirl, I believe. Ash Fangirl Lisa. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and like two other people. I think there were six total I'm sorry for the the other names I can't remember, but obviously you're more popular than we are because you got the packages. <laughs> uh, not surprising that no one out of the U.S. didn't get any. So I'm sure if if this was a, if this was worldwide, Joe would have gotten one. Yeah, I would have done. Uh, but obviously, since this is restricted only to the U.S., it makes sense that no one in Australia or UK or anything got that, which is a little disappointing. But yeah, Joe, you could have gone in the tunnel to go to Paris, right? The Paris Pokemon yeah. Center. So yeah, we couldn't do that. Yeah, but for Paris Pokemon Center, it was a fantastic idea. It did really well, but they had some issues with it, and ended up with such huge queues. They had to limit everyone to buying one thing each. Really, oh, that's rough. Yeah, <laughs> one of one of my friends went, and she was so disappointed because of that. So you haven't you haven't went yet. Uh, no, it closed oh, two weeks ago now, on the 21st. It closed? Are yeah, it was like... only temporary. Oh, I didn't know yeah, that. They, they did it like a pop-up store. Oh, yeah. got it, got it. So, so where... London will be next. Uh, yeah, I guess it could pop up. Where are you located in UK? Is that like a far ferry to Paris? or? Uh, no, I'm on the south coast, so I could just hop on a ferry if I wanted oh, to. Okay. But effort. <laughs> yeah, for, yeah, then you have to deal with French people. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> <laughs> Too much to ask of anyone. <laughs> so uh, I'm not sure what three items I'll have next week. Uh, hopefully, when the store launches, it launches with more than what they're showing every week. Hopefully, it's building up to something. But uh, I would expect that the store would also include the uh, mail carrier Pikachu. The Pikachu iPhone case, notepad, and that really cool Pokemon Tumblr that they had, the Pikachu Tumblr that was all black with like the glossy, like subtleness that Pikachu had on it. That was really cool. But yeah, that was pretty exciting. Hopefully that means that Pokemon Center's online will jump up around Paris, around UK, around Australia. But who knows? Yeah. I think overall everyone's pretty happy. Instead of a, like a store located in New York, now you can get your stuff anywhere and i think the last time the pokemoncenter.com was up and joe probably remembers this more than any of us but that was like 2008 that's when it ended yeah it was up for a fair bit before that i think it's it's up for at least three years now did that one ship worldwide or was that you i don't think so it's a long time ago <laughs> eras passed yeah <laughs> 2008 is what five six years ago six years, man yeah. so, so depressing 
Uh, let's see. I think uh, I think that's all we got for news. Besides, uh, we can cover the national championship stuff. It's happening right now. Uh, nothing exciting though. Just juniors and seniors, uh, which obviously no one cares about. <laughs> we only want that. We only want that masters. But uh, that's happening in uh, in the U.S. Uh, the U.S. Nationals are taking place in Indianapolis, like they always have. Center of the well, kind of the center of the United States, but uh, I think the Masters stuff start in a couple hours, well after recording this. But uh, let's just—I got the top eight up for the Masters video games. So um, we had Ray Rizzo, who was a three-time world champion, Alex Ozaga, John Hugh, John D. Azaria. Logan Castro, Gavin Michaels, Adam Alum, and Simon Yip. I probably slaughtered all your names, but <laughs> that that was your top eight for Masters. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys know any of these guys besides I think everyone knows Ray Rizzo. Yeah, that's the only name I recognize. Um, when I when I asked uh, Twitter, they all it was kind of split between Alex and Adib Adib Alum. Lost, lost for names here. But those are the those are the two finals. Ray Rizzo got knocked out right away by Alex Ozaga, and then Alex Ozaga knocked out John Hugh. And then uh, we have Adib Alam on the other side. So that's tonight. Those uh, I think those are two new people, or I've never seen those names before. I watched the last three years pretty heavily. So, um, but I have a bad memory for when it comes to names. Uh, we have then the TCG stuff. So juniors is already over. Andy Younger uh, won the junior division for TCG. Uh, seniors is probably going on right now. That's between his hand, Jazzy, and Jeremy Jeremiah Williams. And Masters is coming down to Michael Pramawat, who is one of the four people that helped run the top cut. Well, congrats to him because he's local. He's local to me. <laughs> he he's, is. He's in, yeah, he's in Northern Virginia. Yep, and the uh, he is against Brandon Salazar, um, who I want to say he was in like top sixteen or something last year. His name seems very familiar, but I could be, I could be wrong. Uh, super funny story about Michael Pramrot is the Nationals where Will and I met was that three years ago now? Uh, Two thousand twelve. Yeah, because I met we we skipped this year and I skipped last year. That was the last time I competed national level uh, in the TCG, and um, I think I was running a Vanillux deck, which yep. was a poor choice on my decision. Uh, and uh, Irene was running a Irene was running that Eselgor Reuniclus, that crazy weird Mew EX deck, and round one she was against Michael Pramwat. Uh, and she was just chatting his head off because obviously we both know Kyle and Kyle's kind of like the main guy who runs the top cut. Um, and it was down, uh, it was down what Michael Primerwatt needed one more prize to win and I needed six. She was just playing terrible. And then finally her deck clicked and, uh, she, she was able to beat Michael Primerwatt. And since Irene lost out for the rest of the day, that was her only win at Nationals. <laughs> it like ruined his record and prevented him from actually going anywhere at Nationals that year. Um, 
And I remember talking to Kyle and Michael. Michael was very like upset about that. Uh, that was her best win, though. She beat Michael Prevalent, who might now be national champion. I remember that day because she started at table one, too. Which was like, yeah, she started super people, high. Why is she starting at table one? When she plays, she plays so weird, either. She, like, she does really, really well, or she just you know completely flops out. But I guess that's kind of how like the TCG works, since it's so random. And that's why I got out of it. Yep, me too. <laughs> And Joe, you were smart enough not to ever get into it. <laughs> no. <laughs> Do you still like buy the cards and collect them, or I used to, but it is quite a money sink. Oh yeah, every three months you're dropping at least a hundred dollars to two hundred. Yeah, and whatever that converts out to British money. Well, pretty much it's essentially the same because they just think, oh, yeah, let's do a direct conversion of the prices. <laughs> like, oh, thanks. <laughs> uh, awesome. Well, that's all the news we have for you guys. I'm sure uh, by the time you guys listen to this, we'll have our U.S. Nationals TCG person and our U.S. National VGC person. Um, I'm not sure how the VGCs work completely, but I do know everyone in the top eight for the TCGs all get paid trips to Worlds. Uh, which isn't that far. It's in Washington, D.C. No, not far at all. And when they come visit you, Will, you'll actually be in Indiana. <laughs> Supposedly. <laughs> uh, so we will take a quick break. And then when we come back, we will uh, we will grill Joe about a bunch of Cerebi-related items. I got my questions ready. Sounds fun. And we are back from our break. Uh, breaking news as we were on break. Uh, Pokemon, the Twitter, just tweeted that uh, the deck lists are starting to hit for the TCG um, senior division right now. And it looks like they're starting to pull in some of the stuff for the junior division as well. I would imagine that we're going to be seeing this with the video game teams momentarily as well. So it's like Pokemon.com slash US slash play Pokemon or I think it's on their homepage. You hit the giant nationals button and it'll take you there. But uh, cool to see that um, deck list and teams being used. But let's interview Joe here. <laughs> uh, nothing nothing incriminating we have in questions. Uh, like the first question <laughs> is, uh, uh, when did you start Cerebi? Oh, that's a good question. It was in October 1999. <laughs> it's pretty crazy there are now users on the site who are younger than the site <laughs> that is the one thing that makes me feel completely and utterly old was there really internet back then <laughs> <laughs> well we had just invented the wheel so yeah <laughs> uh is this is, is Cerebi like the the only site you've created and ran or during kind of like because 1999 was where all these like um older sites that are still around or still running. Did you try to branch off and do anything else besides Pokemon? I did consider doing a Zelda site at one point, but I just never really put the time into it, so I never bothered. Got it. Now, uh, is is Cerebi your your full time job, or do you have a a real job outside of 
Not that like running a website is not a real job. But... <laughs> uh, I like to call it a full time hobby. But I do a lot of freelance work, both web design and journalistic. So that takes my that allows me to match my time and manage it, so I can spend as much on the site as I need to. It's like there's never there's never Pokemon news where you're not, if not the first person posting. So it's like I don't know if this dude works at all. Like he's just <laughs> like this news just dropped and he's already posting. I don't understand. <laughs> Now, the only time that doesn't happen, and even then it sometimes does, is when I'm asleep and just have a friend who just wakes me and, oh, look, computer's on, let's quickly update, and then fall back asleep on the keyboard. <laughs> Got it. Uh, how many people uh, help out over at Cerebi? Oh, uh, five tops, really. Um, most of it is me, but I've got a few Pokemon of the Week writers because even though I do competitive battle, there are people who are better than me. And so I delegate that to them. And there's a couple who help me with translations because I don't really know Japanese that well. Hey, do you have somebody who plays the Japanese games for you and then reports back? No, that's me. I can just muddle through. If I get stuck, I send a screenshot to a friend, to one of my translator friends, and they say, yeah, he's saying that, go do that. You are far braver than I. <laughs> <laughs> what are these weird squiggles on the screen? <laughs> What's going on? Well, it's been long enough. I'm starting to pick some of it up. So, Got it. Uh, what? Uh, speaking of games, what's your favorite Pokemon game to date? Oh, that is the hardest question anyone can <laughs> ever ask me. Uh, main game, X and Y. have to say that because the engine used for the battles is just so spectacular. You can see the intricacies of every Pokemon design, which mm -hmm. you wouldn't normally be able to see with the sprites. And that made it my favorite by far. Mm, that's a good reason. I, and I the, did like the spin -off how they got games. away from sprites and stuff. Yeah, Spin-off games, I'd have to say Poker Park 2. Okay. It's probably an unusual choice. Most people would say, oh, Snap or TCG GB. But Poker Park 2, it's a decent action-adventure game, and the battle system is just amazing. I would love for them to do another game and just focus on that battle system. Interesting choice, then, yeah. I would have uh, I would have assumed, assumed Snap or something. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Snap is it's a good game, but I just complete it so quickly. Yeah. It needs more content for it to be an absolute classic. Fair enough. Let's see here. Now, what gets you into Pokemon originally? I think 1999 is when kind of the whole world got hit with it at once. Yeah, well, it was at school. A friend of mine had gone to America because this was long before it was out here. And gone to America and got Pokemon Red, brought it back, and I just loved it because I've always been a mathematics person, and so the maths behind it intrigued me, and that just dragged me into it. And so I imported a copy because there was no release date yet for it, so I just imported a copy and just got into it, and I just marathoned it and got to the Elite Four in one night. Jeez. <laughs> Defeating Gary with just my Charizard, which was ridiculously overleveled, and it was just using struggle over and over. It was the most <laughs> fight of my life. That's awesome. Now, how does like getting into Pokemon in, in one night translate into building an entire website? 
Like, obviously, you would have had to have web skills at this point. I didn't. I didn't have any web skills back then. It's just something which I was bored at lunchtime and thought, oh, well, you know what? I'll make a site because GeoCities existed then and made sites easy. So I just said, yeah, I'll make a Pokemon site. And that's how it started. And it just snowballed. Yeah, I was going to say, who was your original web host back in 99? There weren't that many Cheers. options. <laughs> when, yeah. when did the, the site really take off? Obviously, when you first started it, you weren't getting like exclusive Pokemon news or anything like that. Oh, that would probably be in around 2002 in the run-up to Ruby and Sapphire because that's when I found a friend who was living in Japan and he would get me images of Koro Koro. And then I'd post those because back then, very, very few places dealt with the Japanese arm of the franchise. And so that's where I carved my niche and that's where things have grown from. Yeah, I think Cerebi's pretty known for Korra Korra scans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, favorite non-Pokemon game? Let's get off topic a little bit. Oh, that's really hard to say. If anyone who follows me on Twitter would know, I am a massive Nintendo fanboy. So, yes, we, oh. I learned that over E3. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, my favorite game of all time would have to be Secret of Mana on the SNES, which is kind of funny because it's not a Nintendo-developed game. <laughs> just love that game so much. And you mentioned earlier you were a Zelda fanboy. Yeah, love the Zelda series. So excited for the new one. <laughs> uh, let's see here. So I think you kind of answered this, but uh, how do you get news so fast? It seems like you have Japanese people messaging you at the wee hours of the night. God awful hours of the morning. Uh, yeah, I just keep an eye out. I mean, the thing which I like about this is that other than a few odd occurrences the news is so routinely scheduled i can tell when something is going to come even with leaks which come online from japanese forums i know exactly what time the usual leakers tend to post it and so i just there when they do it it's just routine i I guess that makes sense after you've been doing it for 15 some years (laughs) yeah so doing it so long you know, over a decade here, have you ever suffered Pokemon fatigue where you're just like, mm, I don't know if I want to keep doing this or like, I'm really tired of the games coming out, just, just any or? Uh, yeah, a couple of times. I mean, most notably it was within Generation 3. I mean, Ruby and Sapphire were the first games I ever completely covered from the Japanese launch. But Generation 3, it just didn't sit right with me at the time. I mean, it cut off the compatibility of the previous games only 200 pokemon were available back then and so and everything just felt weird and non-pokemon-ish which is such a generic thing to say when you're complaining about pokemon (laughs) but fire red and leaf green kept me hanging in and then diamond and pearl brought my love completely back and now i do look back on generation 3 with fondness and i'm so excited for omega ruby and alpha sapphire do you think uh, the Pokemon company is going to fix the problems that everybody had with Generation 3 in the I releases? I hope so. I yeah. mean, if you look at the map, there's a few smaller islands along the water routes. So there's definitely going to be some stop-off. 
and so I hope it has a better post game. Yeah. Yeah, because when you battled the rival, you never battled them with Sceptile, Blaziken, or Swampert, which was ridiculous. <laughs> uh, you kind of answered this in our, in our news, but uh, you don't play the TCG at all. No. I just can't get into it. I don't want to lose all of my money. <laughs> <laughs> Even in uh, early 1999, when I think the two, best car- the two most powerful cards were Charizard and I think Chansey? <laughs> did, oh, yeah. did you get into it then or was it still like not appealing yeah i got into it then it wasn't my money it was my parents money so <laughs> oh, no. uh, that's awesome uh but you obviously you still post tcg related news on Serebi. yeah has to be done got to cover as many facets of the franchise as possible the only thing i don't really cover is like obscure japanese news like voice actors and the japanese groups doing the songs and i don't cover merchandise okay okay so in the in the reverse do you play like competitive video games yes and no i do enjoy competitive battling but i try to go away from where all the competitive battlers put their teams like if people are going with Kangaskhan and Talonflame and Aegislash which you know they are I go completely <laughs> obscure and go Nidoking, Gorgeist and things like that so I've messed up so many competitive strategies with what they call my anti-anti-meta game teams <laughs> <laughs> did you go to rage uh... quitting did you go to UK Nationals? Uh, yeah, actually, this year was my the first time I ever actually got around to going, and it was absolutely amazing. I loved every second of it. Isn't it a lot of fun to play like in competitive against people who are there in the room? That's, yeah, I, I, I love doing that. No, when you... and I know it's a bit arrogant to say this, but I love the look on the faces when people see Cerebi's challenging you when. <laughs> Because I don't introduce myself as Cerebi because that's a bit, you know, egotistical. <laughs> so, and people don't really know my face. So it's always a nice surprise. Yeah, I was, I was going to say when you go out like to Pokemon events, do people recognize who you are? Or Yeah, a few people did. And a few people asked for photos with me. Pretty cool to go there and to battle people because that's not really that much of a Pokemon battling scene where I live, which is a shame. Should probably set one up, actually. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, so kind of bouncing off the playing uh, Pokemon competitively, uh, what are your thoughts on EVs and IVs? Do you do, you do your own EV training and IV training? or? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I know that a lot of competitive players, they outsource doing their teams and they get other people to breed it and then they just EV train it and put it up. And I've seen people actually get screwed over by that because they don't play the actual game. And some I saw a couple of people who'd never got to Shallow City and never got the Mega Ring. And they didn't couldn't mega evolve their Pokemon in battles because they didn't have a Mega Ring. Mm. And it's like, oh you Seriously people that. showed up for competition like that? <laughs> <laughs> it just mega evolves, right guys? That that sounds like a Will Anderson maneuver. <laughs> oh wait, they have to be level fifty? What? <laughs> but yeah, I wow. mean I 
whilst I appreciate how easy it is to do IV breeding now, part of me feels it's sort of against the point of IVs. Because the way I see it is, is IVs are meant to be for Pokemon's genetics. Like, you're good at one thing. Like, some people, they're good at running. Others are good at, like, punching. <laughs> right. And Pokemon are like that. And so having pure, perfect Pokemon is not something that we should have had. But people have been aiming for that. And that's why we had RNG abuse. And that's so prevalent in Gen 5. And now we don't need that because it's so easy to IV breed. Just could do it in an hour <laughs> i feel like you're looking at my notes because my next question was what are your thoughts on rng <laughs> <laughs> well personally i am against it i mean a lot of people will know that i'm a purist i think the game should be played however developers intend it to be played but i'm guarantee i'm gonna have people trashing me now on twitter for saying that so still kind of bouncing around this competitive pokemon do you ever look at smogon or uh do that what's that called pokemon online i can't pokemon showdown that's that's what I was looking for. do you do any of that kind of stuff uh no i don't i as i said i'm a purist i just go straight into the games and i try to work out my own strategies and just because if everyone's using the same strategy then the battles are just going to be so predictable right and although people are using the same Pokemon, I am. I was watching the national stuff yesterday, and I saw some interesting twists on how the standard Pokemon are played, and that makes me very happy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I mean, a lot of people come to me and say, "Serebi, can you help me with this team?" And I'm like, "I could, but I'd prefer not to because I feel a team should be representative of the person." Yeah, I agree. Sounding. I'm sounding a bit like Karen from the Johto League. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of the, um, I think this is really a new trend, but maybe I just haven't been paying attention long enough. The, um, the little, the new like mini battles that they have every month now, and they're having the different, uh, kind of themes to them. Like the July one is the EV battles. And then I know in October they're going to do the Gorgice battles. Oh, I love it. I love every where you can twist battles to just be not the same standard VGC, VGC style. So, I mean, EV friendly, I'm not participating in that because all the teams are going to essentially be the same because there's only nine yeah. viable Pokemon for it. Yeah. <laughs> so Actually teams eight will because no one's going to pick Flareon. <laughs> Poor Flareon. <laughs> just funny how everyone was saying oh yeah once it gets flare blitz it's going to be amazing and then they gave it flare blitz and it's like oh it still sucks <laughs> um, uh, what uh what features do you want to see added to pokemon of course over the years we've seen a lot of features added and then taken back like when we saw heart gold soul silver move into black and white but like what do you what would be added that maybe that did used to exist or hasn't exist that you want to see in the games Oh, that is a really tricky question. I mean, I would say following Pokemon following you would be a good thing to have back. But really, in the 3D world, having it so it's believable, like walking around and you've got a 40-foot Waylord following you, just destroying <laughs> everything. It's not exactly logical. Um, but I'm not sure. I would like to see contests back in Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire. I really hope they are. Because that was an interesting twist, but to battles, 
I always like those. So anything which is a twist on battles or just gives you some a different way to play with your Pokemon, like the Pokeathlon in Heart Gold and Soul Silver. And musicals was really a missed opportunity in my view, because what did you do? You just sat there and watched them. And sometimes pressing a button to twirl your tennis racket. It's like, oh, for God's sake. <laughs> Were you a fan of uh, Pokemon and me? Yes, I really enjoyed that. I mean, it, I mean, it does help with training. Just sit there for an hour, just throwing the Pokepuffs at your Pokemon and then playing for playing with it for a few minutes just so it would be hungry again for it, just to get it so have the boosting experience points boots and critical hit and if the opponent paralyzes you and oh wait it's cured thank you and <laughs> so i hope that continues on because it is a good feature and it really creates a bond between you and these 3d models it's like oh isn't that clefki cute <laughs> <laughs> oh the tyrannosaur wants to be petted that's normal <laughs> What uh what's your least favorite thing about the the games? Oh um the hacks in the battle facilities. Cuz you're going through you've got a fantastic team you're just going through and oh wait it decides to critical hit you with every move and every move with like 70% accuracy hits every time it's like come on that's not AI that's just cheap. <laughs> <laughs> To switch gears a little bit, and I think you mentioned it, but uh, you're a watcher of the anime. Yes, I am. So, what's your uh, your your favorite series? If you would have to recommend somebody to start watching, I think we already said that black and white kind of went downhill. But if black and white continued the way it started, I'd definitely have said that. But I'd have to say X and Y because the new series they must have had. A- must have got a new showrunner or something because it's just it's well written it's enjoyable it's funny and there's bits which harken back to the times of old and i could say oh yeah the original series but watching that i mean it's good but there's so much stock footage over and over like i watched charizard chills a few months ago and like the same polygraph using hydro pump it was just used but like six times in the episode it's like <laughs> and now with the x and y series you don't have it cutting with the anime style background you actually see the moves in the context of the battle and i enjoy that yeah that's cool are you big on collecting plushes and other pokemon merchandise or is that another money sink for you it is a money sink. It's not something I really do, but whenever there's something cool, like the Klefki keyring, which just came out in Japan, whenever, as soon as Klefki was revealed, I knew that was coming. And I said to Jin, who runs Sunny Shore, to keep an eye out for one of those because it is coming and I want one. <laughs> and it is going to be on my keys as soon as it arrives. <laughs> I've got a couple of Celebi plushies, obviously, and. Even though it's not te- technically merchandise, my parents got me a Celebi Game Boy Advance for my birthday last year. So, oh, cool. So, so uh, best Pokemon movie ever? Ooh. Um, uh, tricky, tricky. Um, no, there's really only one right answer. 
It's definitely not the Celebi movie. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> yes, it is. You're wrong, Steve. It's the Celebi movie. Oh, which one? The, uh, don't forget that Celebi has been a focal point of two of them, hasn't it? Uh, has he? Yeah, and Pokemon every time. Forever. And Zoro Arc, Master of Illusions. Oh, I didn't know he was in that one. I haven't seen the Zoro Arc one. And in both movies, the antagonist chokes Celebi. Kind of feel a bit slighted by that. Hmm. I just like but, the one where the Celebis from the past and the future come back and they're like, we'll all work together. And then you're like, is it one Celebi traveling through time or is it all different ones? And that's part of the reason why I like Celebi so much. I mean, I'm a sci-fi buff. I love my time travel. I mean, I'm a big Doctor Who fan. I love Star Trek, especially the time travel episodes. And that's probably part of why I just focused on Celebi, I mean, at least subconsciously. Because it's just time travel. I mean, got like 50 billion Celebi here. And oh, look, wait, no, it's actually one just ripping the space-time continuum. In the- <laughs> <laughs> Going back to your site, obviously it's named after Celebi, but it's Cerebi. How did you come up with that name? Well, when I originally started, because I was 13, I was stupid. It was originally called Joe's Pokemon Page. Most imaginative <laughs> name ever. I don't get why you didn't keep that name. It's so good. <laughs> and then Golden Silver came out. And because every website then, every small website, because it was just everyone had like Muse Domain, Muse Dungeon, Muse Paradise, Muse Wooden Shack. And so Celebi was the Mew of the times. And we didn't have the Japanese name then. So all we had was the literal translation of each character, Se-Re-Bi. And so I stuck with that, even though the Japanese name when fully Romanized is Celebi. Mm. So I just stuck with that and it was Cerebi's Pokemon page. And then I shortened that to SPP. Then when I got the domain in 2000, I, 2001, I changed it to Cerebi.net and just had Cerebi.net SPP. And then I just dropped the SPP. So that's the history of the name. It's just Cerebi.net now. So self-advertising. Joe's Pokemon page redirects, right? I can still type that in. I don't think so. I mean, GeoCities (laughs) dies. You can't see that site ever. And it was a visual catastrophe. It had neon green with black. It's like, what was I thinking? (laughs) That's awesome. Uh, let's see what else we have. Um, list is running a little thin here. Uh, favorite Pokemon? I don't know if it's going to be the obvious answer of Celebi, but it is going to be Celebi for, for <laughs> reasons I said. Great time traveler, but non Celebi? Oh, Lucario, Merotom, Sky Shaman, uh, Malamar has become my favorite Kalos Pokemon, and it is a linchpin to all my teams at the moment. I have just sweeped so many people with my Malamar, it's become my favorite. Even after that episode with the evil Malamar? Especially after that episode. <laughs> <laughs> Would you ever consider a color other than green for the site? Well, it did used to be golden. Uh, I mean, as people have been saying for years, I do need to update my layout. I have been working on a few templates, but I'm going to keep the green and the grey and just going to soften them a little so they're not as hard on the eyes if they are hard on the eyes. I personally don't think they are, but some people say they are. So I'm just going to soften the colours and just stick with the green. Cool. For uh, 
for you know running Cerebi for so long, have you had communications with the Pokemon company? Have they ever reached out to you or vice versa? Uh, yeah, a few times. I mean, there was the infamous incident in 2010 when I reposted images from another site who got it from an alpha build. I mean, that was the first horrific contact, but that wasn't really the Pokemon company. That was just Nintendo's law firm, just to get me to remove those images. But yeah, uh, the Pokemon company uh, sends me press releases about everything, and it's pretty cool. I mean, obviously... Officially, they can't say, hi, Cerebi, let's do this. <laughs> because that'd be ridiculous. I mean, no company is going to do that with a fan site. Right, right. I think it's I think it's well known that Pokemon obviously watches the fan sites pretty hard. Yeah. So what do you use? Uh, this is going to get technical because, of course, I'm in IT. But what do you use for hosting now? Because you have a huge amount of data that you're presenting on the web. And, uh, you know, obviously you would break GeoCities if you tried to <laughs> in there. So what do you uh, use for hosting? I've got two dedicated servers with uh, gigabit lines. I mean, I've got one for the site, one for the forums. I mean, people say that my site's really basic, but the thing is, it's deceptively basic. I have so many intricate, like, algorithms and programs and scripts in the back end which compile static front end because the site gets a lot of hits if it was with the dynamic with the php and everything then it would crash the server i'd have to get a farm of like five or ten servers just to handle the load but because i create static pages it really eases the server load down yeah and And, you know where where your site exceeds is that you guys you have like that really detailed information and so much of it. It's like, I, I can't imagine what kind of architecture you have just to store and organize everything on the back end. It's just my own content management system I built just for the site. I mean, as I said earlier, I had no knowledge of things. And so I was, ver- I was looking at sites web code back then. And I learned HTML through that. And it's just my knowledge has built from there. And I've got a degree in it now. And while people say, oh, yeah, Cerebi's site is so basic, it's, I mean, it's a mishmash of 15 years of HTML and PHP knowledge. And recoding everything would be a massive undertaking. So I fix, like, glaring HTML and PHP errors when they're there. But if it works, why bother messing with it? That's my <laughs> well, that's, it's You know, it's fast, and you have a ton of information that's easy to find. So what, what more do people want? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, you see and that with I, a... Oh, go ahead. I did have a few issues with navigation because in my head I had the perfect ordering of everything. I, I knew everything was and I thought it was an obvious ordering system, but people didn't cotton on to it and they said, oh, it's really hard to navigate. So I just had to start putting headers in and making things a bit more easier, even though I do have a search in the top right. But it's people don't notice that for some reason. Sometimes I don't notice. It. I didn't. Notice I didn't that. notice that you had a search. Yeah, you have to make your search box a little bigger. But honestly, yeah. it's linking into Google, so most people use Google to search your site, anyways. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you see that with a a lot of older sites like uh, Board Game Geek, which is probably the biggest board game site out there. It looks it looks very dated, and like everyone demands probably like just like you, everyone demands a redesign. Uh, but since there's so much content and how the back end works, it's just not that easy to like flip on a new theme. 
Yeah, I mean, I have been trying to code one which I can just put in and it'll automatically work on every page, but I know it'll break something. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, I was trying to get it out for the site's 15th birthday, but I was expecting there to be a lull in game releases this year. I wasn't expecting Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire to be coming. And so that has just shifted my focus. And so the new site layout is delayed until I'm actually, you know, getting it done. That makes sense. Now, when X and Y were, were dropping, you were the first to start updating with move pools and stats. And was that all you or was that like a... Oh, absolutely not. That would be insane. <laughs> I was like, man, this guy doesn't sleep. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. I'm not that good. That would require me to have like 18 arms. Uh, <laughs> I had a load of friends. <laughs> <laughs> but I had a load of friends and a load of people just telling me when they got stuff and when they what the level ups were. And I used the level ups from the previous gens as a base, just so I had a base database there and people just comparing and seeing, oh yeah, this is different, this is different. So, And I'm still noticing a couple of input errors here and there. It's just minor ones, like ordering issues, like in Florges had some ordering issues. So I mean, that's just pretty pointless because they're all level one, but right. so I've had to fix that it's just the pokedex is always being slightly tweaked got it got it uh i'm out of questions will do you have anything else i don't think so uh, well there we go i think uh unless sarah you have any other secrets you want to reveal to us oh secrets uh i don't really have any secrets I mean, just that i don't sleep <laughs> <laughs> Where, where are no, the really. Easter eggs on the site? What, what do I click to get the dancing Pikachu to show up on the site? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, my site never had that. Can't prove it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when I do cover games, I do like shut myself out from the real world. I do forego sleep until I've got the bulk done. I mean, if you look at the coverage when I did black and white when i did black and white to x and y even spin-off games you will see that there is no gap in the postings for the first two or three days and that's starting to kill me i'm getting too old <laughs> where are your uh, art academy drawings uh there are, are a few i did post them on meverse just didn't want to post them on the site because <laughs> they are uh, that said, I did post a <laughs> Celebi one to the European one, and it was the hottest post on the European Meverse for the first two days. Oh, okay. Yeah, you guys already have Art Academy. Yeah, you guys have to wait until October, which is a bit bizarre, but I guess if they think it'll sell better in October, wait till October. Yeah, I, I, felt, I feel like any Pokemon fan would love it right now, especially since there's like nothing to play until November. Yeah, we need yeah. that summertime Pokemon game. Yeah, Japan just had two, which is insane. I mean, they had Ars Academy and they had Band of Thieves and 1000 Pokemon, which is the hardest game I have ever had to cover. It's <laughs> such a pain because it relies so much on Street Pass. And obviously, I mean, on the south coast of England, there's going to be no one with Japanese 3DS and that game to Street Pass. And getting a street pass in England in general is tricky, unless you're at a special event or in London. And so 
that is just I can't do that. So I had to rely on a friend. In, <laughs> had to rely on a friend in Japan to go to one of the passing stations where it's just continual street passes for the specific game, and just he got me the information I needed for it. It's just uh, just don't don't think that game will actually make it out over here <laughs> or over there in the in America. Well, come on. I live in the nation's capital and I can't get a street pass for the <laughs> life of me. So I doubt it. <laughs> yeah. But I it's free. Can't complain of that. <laughs> I street pass the same three people every day when I go to work. <laughs> Nothing exciting there unless they're playing the same games. Yeah. Well, I street pass the same two other people, but they're both me. So <laughs> I, I started doing that too. So it's, it's not going to be ashamed. <laughs> All right. Well, I think I think that should wrap things up. What we'll do uh, is we'll take one more break, and uh, I think we got two emails to run through, and then uh, Pokemon of the week, and uh, we'll wrap up this show for you guys. <laughs> back once again uh to wrap up this show i feel like i had something to say oh yes <laughs> there uh uh our next episode 151 will be our last episode before our hiatus uh we are taking pretty much all of august off and for for various reasons but uh we will be coming back um before uh ruby and sapphire are released and we'll have like little mini shows along the way to at least keep you guys somewhat entertained. Uh, but during the summer, we're going to do a small Kickstarter and uh, raise some funds to uh, buy better uh, recording equipment and um, what they call that stuff. Well, web hosting stuff uh, as well as I'm looking into a blog talk radio. So uh, when we record the shows that you guys can listen to it live and then of course we cut and edit and then put it into iTunes for those who want to listen on the road. Cause We've done three or four blog talk radio shows, and you guys seem to really like that. So it's not a free service, but if we could raise some funds, we can we can make it doable. Uh, I have one listener email, but I think Joe had like a hidden Easter egg on Cerebi. Yeah, I suddenly remembered it during the break, and it is findable through uh, directory manipulation from an old section. And it is actually the second layout I ever had on the site. The current one's the 11th, and this is the second, and it's from a <laughs> forbidden page. And it's got red layout with bright green links, animated banner, and a text which, because I was, well, 13 and rude, it said, I am afraid you shouldn't be here. Please press back and don't try again. <laughs> God, I was so cruel back then. <laughs> yeah, if you see it, let me know. That's awesome. Then I'll delete it. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, so if you guys want to give us emails, uh, you can do so. That's um, 
uh, sbj at pkmncast.com or just pokemonpodcast.com slash uh, contact, I think. There's a button on the site. You can find it. <laughs> one of those things. Uh, but uh, we will read your emails if you email us. So this one is from Tyler. He goes, what's up, guys? I've loved your podcast before. Before I listened to it, I lost my way in the world of Pokemon. But then I listened to How to Get to Hoenn. I think that was like two episodes ago. On my birthday, and now I'm back. I'm a major Hoenn fan, so that's why I listen to it. By the way, what's your guys' favorite Gen 3 Pokemon? Uh, give a shout out to Kippy. Uh, you guys are epic. Keep up being the best podcast ever. Thanks, Tyler. So, favorite Gen 3 Pokemon. Hold on, I have Ooh, to look up Hoenn one. on Cerebi. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my favorite is. Hmm. I'm also on Cerebi right now, just looking through. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a Hoenn specific Pokedex? You must. Um, I don't actually have a link to that. I've got the pages all sorted, but I haven't actually gone live with it because it's a part of a game mechanic update I've been working on. Um, you could go to the game mechanics and Pokeball levels. That's got a list of all the Pokemon and separate and spin-off games do the same. Mm, I want to say I like Mudkip a bit, but I also like Rayquaza. Mm. Slacking, maybe. I mean, it's a pretty powerful beast. I mean, one of my gimmicky, very gimmicky doubles teams just gets rid of Truant and just destroys people wherever possible. And it reminds me of me back when I was a teenager. (laughs) Slacking. Hoenn actually has my least favorite Pokemon in it. Your least favorite? What's that? Grumpig. What? Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I, I love Grumpig. I don't know why. I just hate Grumpig so much. And I always have. It just it has been the Pokemonification of my original dislike for Ruby and Sapphire. <laughs> I would but but Spoink is so cute. Yeah, Spoink's great, but Grumpig. <laughs> Shepard oh, and Bennett, uh, Gen 3 no, introductions? Yep. Oh, 353 and 354, respectively. Yeah. And Duskull and Dusclops. Now, these are good. Tropius yep. is a uh, pile Tropius. of garbage. No, Tropius is so good. He's definitely oh, going to oh. get a mega for sure. That's like I've they... run a Tropius before. It can be pretty brutal if used right. It's just ugly. <laughs> he has little bananas out of his chin. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it can feed on itself. <laughs> Oh, gross. Uh, <laughs> Deoxys is in there. You can't complain about Deoxys. Yeah, Deoxys is pretty cool. Yeah. I'm calling it, though. Tropius is going to get a Mega. So who's your favorite Gen 3, Steve? Mm, I don't know. I'm probably going to... I'm probably going to say Rayquaza. That's the easy call, dude. Yeah, who doesn't like Rayquaza, really? Oh, little Sky Snake. <laughs> <laughs> I've got my shiny one happily sitting in my shiny box. Did you uh, soft reset for that? No, it was a Japanese event. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. So Glalie and Snowrunt are Gen 3, but Frostlass is not. Yeah, that was Gen 4. Yep. Metagross is Gen 3. Mm, Megagross, definitely going to get a Mega. 
Yeah. I'd be very surprised if it didn't. Hmm. Pikachu is going to be the first Mega to be a, like a basic Pokemon that Mega evolves, I bet. Oh, that'd be such a pain for me to code in the Evo chain. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just going to skip Raichu because no one likes Raichu. I actually had to create a separate function for Mega Gardevoir because there's no Mega Ganlade. Because if it if there was one of both, then I could just have an easy algorithm for it. But with Mega Gardevoir and no Mega Ganlade, it was just oh such a pain. <laughs> and when you look at the Pokedex page for it, it just looks so weird because there's just a gap right beneath it. Well, I've got the best Gen three Pokemon, Shedinja. There is no other Pokemon like it. <laughs> yeah. He's oh, I did cool. some. I did something really stupid with one back in Gen Three. I was using Net Battle. I was actually battling Smogon's leader then, and this was before I had any competitive sense. I sent out a Tyranitar first, and then I sent out my Shedinja. It's like, what was I thinking? <laughs> oh, because of Sandstorm. Sandstorm, yeah. Uh, but brutal. now in triples, you can have a Shedinja just be completely untouchable. I guess doubles if you set it up right. Right, right, right. And I can explain it if you want. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, put safety goggles on it just to protect it against the weather. Then skill swap. No, skill swap sturdy onto it, naturally. So every hit just constantly stops doing it then <laughs> paralyze it so it can't be poisoned or burned and then all you have to worry about is confusion mm. but i i have seen someone rage quit that <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty cool let's see what else we have here uh we have pokemon of the week and Oh, I remember what I was going to say. Skip Pokemon of the Week. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, <laughs> when uh, when we did our April Fool's joke, which was Mega Raichu, we did a, a mock-up of Mega Raichu and designed it to look like a Core Chorus game. And we, All put, right. and we put on the site, and um, it was probably one of our like biggest traffic days ever, of course, because when there's a new Mega, everyone has to go check it out and yeah the the biggest thing was like if it's not on Serbi, it's not official <laughs> yeah i and, see that quite often and they're like yeah we can't say anything because it's an april fool's joke so keep referring your friends here <laughs> <laughs> ah, april fools is meant to be meant to have things like that not a year has gone by where there hasn't been a fake Pokemon which has taken off or a fake Mega Evolution now. I mean, I stay away from that stuff because <laughs> I, I know that if I post a fake, people would believe it. Oh, because... and you would probably get way more hate than we ever did. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the most I've done for April Fool's Day is I had a Digimon banner because everyone did that. And I had a Super Princess Peach banner because of the SPP abbreviation of a site back then. I remember that. I do remember the Princess Peach. That was pretty great. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, all right, now we can get now we can get to Pokemon of the Week. Uh, in celebration of nationals, and since everyone has this Pokemon on their team, uh, our Pokemon this week is Rotom, uh, which is the electric ghost Pokemon that is pretty unique 
in uh, that it can change its types based on what appliance it is. Yeah, to put it in a box, and then it comes out of the box as whatever box you put it in, right? Yes. I think. Yeah. Although now you just select through a menu. Yeah. I haven't tried. It was in, it's in uh, the Professor Sycamore's lab, right, on the second floor yeah. now? Yeah. All right. Yeah, so uh, you can be uh, normal Rotom, which is just electric ghost. You can be mi- a microwave oven, which is heat Rotom, and that is electric fire. You can be a washing machine, which I think is everyone's undoubtedly favorite. Yeah, it's the most popular. Wash Rotom, which is electric water. Uh, you can be a refrigerator, which is the frost Rotom, electric ice. And then an electric fan, so you can be a Dyson, which is uh, electric flying. And then you can be a lawnmower, mow Rotom as electric grass. I love mow Rotom. Uh, when Pokedex 3D Pro came out, I got a picture of Rotom with the AR markers, and I used the 3DS's original software for the Pikmin, and so I've got a picture of a Morotom grinning happily whilst the Pikmin were running away and one of them <laughs> fell down. That's fantastic. Um, that's actually on my site's Facebook page's Pokedex 3D Pro album. So That is awesome. Uh, let's see what we got here. So each of the Rotom forms learns a special move when it gets that form right yep yeah okay no there is no rotom which beats a fan rotom which is electric flying with levitate and holding it in an air balloon that's the best rotom (laughs) (laughs) well i've used uh rotom wash and rotom frost in competitive battling uh each did Particularly well when I used it properly and particularly poorly when I did not. (laughs) (laughs) One thing I've noticed lately is Heat Rotom has been getting a lot more usage. Are people using, uh, what does it get, Heat Wave or? uh, It's Overheat, isn't it? Yeah, Overheat. I don't know anything about Pokemon. (laughs) (laughs) It's stats don't go up when it changes into a machine. It still stays at 440, if I'm not mistaken. No, it, it does go up. I mean, Rotom and Kyurem are the only Pokemon so far that's probably going to do it in Gen 7 with forms which increase the, in base stats because originally ba- forms were just shuffling the base stats, right, right, right. whereas Rot- Rotom goes up from 440 to 520. Oh, wow. Yeah, but speed drops and... Special attack, special defense, rise, defense, and attack, rise. But speed drops. Yeah, only by five, though. Not that big a difference. (laughs) But in some battles, one is the difference between life and death. That's very true. It looks like if you get a shiny Rotom, it is just, like, red instead of orange. Yeah. There's no differentiation with the color, and it's aura or it's electric aura which determines the forms it's just all pale now when shiny yep yep. yeah Uh, let's see here some trivia uh rotom has the most interchangeable forms of any non-legendary pokemon what is it (laughs) what what about furfra i mean i guess they're not forms which do anything but that's true 
but do people care about fur fro? Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, I know a young lady in Canada who would fl- drive to your house and smack you for saying that. <laughs> yes. Uh, I've got my dandy fur fro. <laughs> Kick some serious butt. I have never given a fur fro a, heart, a haircut. Neither have I. <laughs> Caught it, put it in the box, <laughs> moved on. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Uh, when Rotom transforms, it learns a new move in the same way that other Pokemon le- may learn new moves. But upon evolving, the move is replaced if another Rotom possesses another object. And it is deleted if the Rotom transforms back into its original form. I think we talked about that. Rotom's alternate forms along with Arceus's forms were the only f- alternate forms a Pokemon not featured in Pokemon Mystery Dungeon, Explorers of Sky. We're the only... Oh, okay, I see. This trivia, Bulbapedia's trivia is so freaking random. Disappointing. That's why we can't cover... That's why we can't cover Gen 6 Pokemon for Pokemon of the Week. There's, like, little to no information about them. Yeah. Rotom is motor backwards. There you go. That is true. All all you need to know. (laughs) That is probably the best trivia you can get on Rotom. Uh, Rotom (laughs) appears to be based off Pulseman, who is actually... Designed by Pokemon's designer Ken Surijimura, although it's inspired by an unexplained phenomenon of a ball of lightning. Yeah, uh, that's actually true. I mean, if I recall correctly, probably wrong, but the music when you encounter Rotom in Diamond, Pearl, and Platinum is like a variation of one of the pieces of music from Pulseman. I might be wrong on that. I can't quite remember. I don't know. I've never played Pulse Man. <laughs> no, it was on the Mega Drive or Genesis. So. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, let's see. Uh, Rotom appeared in the anime. Uh, yeah, episode... Professor Oak has one now. Yeah. That was a good episode, kind of, before they left yeah. Unova. Yeah, one of the only good episodes of the, <laughs> the core islands. It's like, and he still uh, shows up, like, right when they call back. They did an episode in X and Y where they called back and he was getting shocked by the Rotom, right? I'm like, yeah. completely crazy. All right. And it... in the Pokemon live cast from a Japanese one, it's always got Oak and a Haiku. And Rotom's just there as well. It always starts with Rotom's cackling laugh. And that's the most hilarious thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember, but isn't like the new Professor Oak actually the voice actor who was Gary Oak in the I'm, original? I'm not sure if that's possible. And I know they did keep a couple of voice actors. and Well, a couple of voice actors came back after a few years. Right, right, right. I thought like Gary was now Professor Oak because the original Professor Oak left. I could be wrong. I'm oh. mo- most likely wrong. Yeah, I don't think that's true. I don't know. Uh, well, Rotom was what Gen four. Yep. And, um, curious of how, like, as we get all these like new alternate forms, like Kyrium and Rotom and Deoxys, and like, I feel like there has to be like one place in the new Pokemon games to like handle all these forms because it's yeah, starting I to get was... overwhelming. Yeah. I was starting to get worried but there's just so many and they just have to like put people for everyone like you have to get the Grisidia for shaming and you have to get the plates for Arceus and you've got to 
get the reflection mirror now and you've got to teach Keldio and Meloetta their moves. It's, I mean, thankfully, as far as we know, there's nothing like that in X and Y other than Furfrau. Right. And I guess, like, there's that one place for Rotom. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I got nothing else, guys. <laughs> we have succeeded in making Rotom the most boring Pokemon ever. <laughs> Five different forms and nothing to say. Well, competitively, it is one of the best, and it's one of the more common ones. And you'll yeah. see it in practically every single team at Nationals, except for the more unique teams. And it is armed typically with a choice item and Volt Switch, or just a life orb sometimes I saw a life orb one the other day yeah i've always done choice item and uh and mega rotom's ability is magic bounce <laughs> <laughs> what is rotom's ability levitate oh yeah across all of them which is why the electric flying fan rotom is just so ridiculous and it doesn't have a well i guess it used to be called dream world but it doesn't have a hidden ability? No, most Pokemon with Levitate never got one. Mm. Same with Pressure. I mean, there's a couple of ones which did, like Dusclops, that's got bad Levitate and that has now got a hidden ability, if memory serves, and Bronzong, that's got a hidden ability, but that's because Levitate isn't its only ability. Got it, got it. Do you guys have anything else? Uh, if you need to, this is something I learned from Serebi actually. Where's uh, uh, when I was getting ready for the Northeast Regionals and I needed to get an Aka Berry, you can use uh, Rotom Frost, and he uses the Blizzard move outside of the city with the Rock Gym, Silage City, and he'll knock an Aka Berry off the tree one out of every two billion times of having a battle. <laughs> <laughs> But Blizzard yeah, is I one really enjoy that it'll knock a berry off. Yeah. I really enjoy that feature. It makes the world seem more alive because there's things happening outside, well, inside, but outside the battle. Yeah, your battle has an effect on the outside world. Yeah, it reminds yeah. me a bit of the original footage of Pokemon Battle Revolution back in 2005, if you ever saw that. I'm probably showing my age here. <laughs> <laughs> no, trust me, I'm still older than you. Um, <laughs> but I will say, Serebii is the only place I could find a very clear and understandable listing of where those special berries that could only be found by knocking them off of a tree and the moves that would do that. Um, I could not find that anywhere else. Uh, so that's what I try to do. <laughs> <laughs> well... <laughs> How do you like uh, prioritize things for your site? Like, if people are like, "Where is the berry stuff?" You're like, "Oh, now I got to start working on berry things." Or like, how does that workflow work? Uh, well, basically, start off with the main stuff. I'm going through the game, reporting everything I see to just gym leaders and bosses in Elite Four. That goes first, and as I go through it, I catalog all the items and their locations, and then I tend to upload them in bulk when I up update Poke Earth, which is my location database, if people don't know. And from there, it'll show the barriers. I mean, then I, as I go through, I start working on the minutiae of the games. And that's how I discovered the uh, wild items drops. Mm. Yeah, so okay. basically, it's, it's just random sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. 
Uh, I think that'll do it for our show. Thank you guys both for being on. Uh, Thank you for having me on. No problem. Will, where can they find you? Uh, uh, on Twitter, I'm uh, washing the sink. W a s h i n t h e s i n k. But uh, I have access restricted my tweets, so uh, you need to get permission before you can follow me there. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Uh, Joe, where can our listeners find you? I mean, I'm oh, sure they know. I'm sure they know where to find you, but. <laughs> Uh, if you want to interact with me, even either go on the site Facebook or just follow me on Twitter. It's at Joe Merrick. That's M-E-R-R-I-C-K. There we go. And as always, you can follow me on Twitter. It's at Dragging a Lake, D-R-A-G-G-I-N-G-A-L-A-K-E. And you can follow our show on Twitter, which is at Pokemon Podcast. You can uh, like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash PKMNCast. And uh, I think we need four more reviews to hit 400 in iTunes. Or not four. We need eight more reviews to hit 400 in iTunes. So if you haven't left us a review, please do so. And if you do not listen to us in iTunes, you can always find us on Stitcher Radio, Scatter Radio, and Omni Radio, as well as uh, the built-in audio player on our website. But thank you, Will. You're welcome. Thank you, Joe. You're welcome. This has been another episode of the Pokemon Podcast, and we are... <laughs> I'm the only one who did it. <laughs> and I did it wrong again. Uh, wrong. <laughs> Good night, everyone. <laughs>